my anxiety manifests itself in various ways and, and you know it's it's tough because it really is limiting then you have a battle something in your head says damn it i'm scared right now like dude what if this happens right now and then the other side says no i chill bro chill it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right so then that conflict creates this war zone in your head and it just becomes difficult anxiety let's not make it let's not make living impossible it's gonna make it a little difficult but let's just not make it impossible what's up everybody and welcome to the unfed podcast episode number five numero cinco yeah we're out here having fun we've been vibing over these past four episodes everybody thank you so much for tuning in thank you for all the feedback yeah and most definitely and if you like these conversations that we're having it would mean the world to us the world you, yes if you would just show your support by subscribing on spotify apple podcasts or wherever podcasts are available and if you can also give us a five-star review and add these little comments in there it would help us so much with maybe the a 10 star review you know if you like me more than carlos then go ahead go for it <laughs> yes you know how you know that that's not happening because 10 stars don't exist but um we have a very special guest today I, you know what jenny i've really enjoyed having guests you have i have I me love, too i'm kind of getting used to it you know because yeah. you're kind of an introvert i'm an, a kind of kind of and i am an introvert as well but semi-extroverted you're a liar that's yeah, what no, you I, are i like i like meeting people <laughs> but this person is very special to me Aww. uh it's my little brother little little brother How he's taller, he's taller than, than you <laughs> he's taller than me but he's my little brother uh i've known him for years uh he was 14 13 when i met him and i think he's now 27 wow so i've known him for a good chunk of my life you know him on a personal and somewhat business level i mean you know me myself as a businesswoman <laughs> i mean i've only designed stuff for him <laughs> Um, but this is my skating brother, my life brother, and my band brother. Wow. Who is it? It's my good friend, Eric Troncoso. Yeah. What's up, boy? How you guys doing? How you guys doing? It's nice to be here with you guys. Aw. Yeah, thanks Hi, for joining Eric. us, dude. It's been, a, it's been a long time. I mean, I haven't seen you guys in, on this level where we sit down and talk stuff. Ooh. Hey, I'm taller, huh? Definitely. <laughs> Oop. <laughs> we look different yeah we look different yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> taller <laughs> sideways we just got out of pandemic so i look different for sure yeah. You know? yeah but um i brought him here today i asked him to come in and join us jenny because um i've i've known about his story a little bit but not to the extent of what he kind of shared with me we were recently talking about just life and when we talk we talk for two three hours on the phone Literally. Aww. yeah Literally um and so this last time he was talking to me about oh yeah i've been going to therapy and i was just like wait what what i, I thought so, he knew i thought he knew it's funny enough yeah. and and i remember him going to it and we'll kind of dive into his story but just the fact that he's been back in it i was just like dude like would you mind sharing your story with us that's crazy yeah dude thank you so much for like joining and for like being vulnerable enough to like talk about your story I think um, it lines up perfect because uh, sometimes I find myself on my own social media kind of advocating for people to go to therapy because throughout the years, what I've noticed is that everyone could benefit from therapy. And when wow. I say everyone, I literally mean everyone. Yeah. It, and the fact that people don't see this as a resource, right. 
um yeah so i mean i'm excited i mean that's what the unfed is about right yeah yeah. it's for it's literally for everyone stories promoting or advocating for therapy and for just like being healthy yeah (laughs) and then through that being able to provide a community for people where they feel alone when you know they're not they're not fully there so eric um if you don't mind just sharing us a little bit of who you are uh and just yeah what do you do UCLA graduate. What UCLA? Yeah, I I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in um, Latin American Studies. I loved what I study. Um, before the pandemic, I was um, an English instructor, English English as a second language. So I've always worked with people, and I could see how everyone has everyone has you know their battles, right? Um, I've had. I could say I've had anxiety since I was, it's, I want to say it started in um, elementary school and it's followed me up till wow. this meeting coming over here. I'm thinking, no, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys. Yesterday, I'm thinking, dang, like when you do something new, it, it's so, for me at least, for me, it's so nerve wracking. It's like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And wow. it, it just reflects on the, my state of, being uh, yeah right the state of being where it's just like you know there's too much catastrophic catastrophicization right in, yeah in, in my head and i think uh, it makes it makes a perfect uh material to talk about today funny yeah. enough so so what what was the um because trying the new things out for just talking to him and knowing him we we used to skateboard and we used to try new tricks off of stairs, which it's big. Like you can break a bone, you can sprain your ankle, and then going and performing. Because I mean, uh, we can kind of yeah, I would talk imagine the that's the most nerve wracking thing to do. And you're a part of a band, right? Right. I I play um in a reggae band called uh, Blanco y Negro, and uh, you know we're LA based, so we've played every stretch of Southern California and a little bit of uh, Arizona, a little bit of uh, Northern California as well. So uh, some people kind of, they're baffled. They say, you have anxiety? Yeah. You? yeah. And then we play, I mean, Carlos <laughs> used to play with us as well, right? But we, we've played anywhere from audiences of five to 500 to 1,000 people. And people are always like, if not more. Maybe more. And people yeah. are asking, like, how do you have anxiety? How are you afraid of, how do you have social anxiety? You know, how does this, it doesn't even line up. But you would be surprised. I mean, it does. And every, it's like Carlos says, like every performance was always, Going up to it, it was a challenge. Yeah. Wow. It was a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, like, you know, we got to be in front of people. <laughs> but we did it. Every time we had to come through and, and it always, um, we always pulled through. It's always, what I find challenging is what happens before, you know, all the thinking that happens before. Sorry. Right. It's like the, the, the buildup that happens up to the moment. Yeah. Then once you're doing it, maybe like uh, two or three songs in, you get the nerves off. It's, I think this happens to well, I can't speak for every musician, right? But I see it happening to a lot of musicians where it's like uh, the first two song or two, if there's a solo there or if there's like some difficult thing to do, there's difficulty in it, there's shakiness, you could hear it in the voice, you could hear the nervousness. Even when they when they pause song to song and they're talking to people like, hey, how you guys doing? You could hear a little shakiness, you know, you could hear the, 
you could see my freaking fingers it's like, it's like twitch a little bit. How you guys do it. <laughs> and the funny thing is that Eric is actually the one that actually tries to hype people up. Right? No So way. it's not even the lead singer like Mario that's out there being like, hey, what's up, everybody? And, and Mario what does band it. is this? Blanco y Negro. Yes. Bro. Yeah. Shout out Blanco y Negro. Shout out Blanco y Negro. We were, want, we you were out there. If you follow uh, underscore Blanco y Negro underscore. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Get, Get out of my head. head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so so you've uh, you've been like performing in bands, you've taught, and obviously, like you just shared that you've had this general anxiety and stuff like that. Um, but there was something that you've said that really kind of caught on in our last conversation. So if you can just kind of share uh, what it is that you want to talk to us about today. Well, I think it would be very beneficial um, for listeners to hear my my personal battle with um, anxiety and my trajectory with it and how it's followed me from my earliest memories, third grade up till today. Third grade. Third grade. That's yeah, that's young. It's, 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 it's tough. Um, where should we start? What do you want to hear? Carl? Yeah. So um, we, we can kind of get started with, um, I know that you mentioned psycho like somatic. It, what was that? Right. Psychosomatic um, illnesses and pains. Yeah. So it's pretty much um, it's pretty much when your your anxiety manifests into bodily, into actual you know physical, be it an illness you know so maybe you you get sick you get nauseous or uh, some type of pain. So yeah, so illness and pain, right? So mm-hmm. you know it could be I don't know. I've heard people always feeling some type of pain in the rib, or I have no pains way. in my stomach. I've have I have nausea. I. I my anxiety um, manifests itself in various ways, and and you know it's it's tough because if I could, if I could be very uh, transparent, very vulnerable, it really is limiting. It's it's um, a very limiting yeah. feeling. Yeah, maybe um you know listeners can relate to that, but yeah, I, um I would really like to. I think it would be beneficial, and it, it would be difficult to because I'm pretty much opening up things that yeah. I don't. I don't even think I've told Carlos this wow. know, on a friend-to-friend basis. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, no, I, Jenny's I looking at me like, what the heck? <laughs> Dude, no, because yeah. like, that's literally what we were talking about when you f- like came over. It was just like when Litos was like, hey, our next guest speaker is going to be Eric. And I was like, wait, what Eric? Like, do we know him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, from Blanco y Negro. And I was like, no way. So, no, dude, like, thank you so much. And I know that our listeners are going to benefit from your story, you know, and thank you for your transparency. Um, and with that, I want to go ahead and ask you, because you did mention the third grade. Like, is talk to us about what what your first symptoms were or how did it start? Where did you, like, know that this was, like, oh, shoot, like, it's anxiety? So in third grade, um, I, and it's so crazy because I could really, it's such a vivid memory. Starting in third grade, I remember going to the nurse's office very often, like a few times a week. And like I, like I previously, previously mentioned, um, my anxiety manifests itself. In my early days, it was nausea, a lot of nausea. I, th- I have a, an idea of why that happened. I'll explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, fo- uh, in detail? Yes. But... um. I found myself going to the nurse's office very often in uh, third grade. I laugh about it now, but it, be it was honest, tough. it wasn't just because you didn't want to do the work, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't. I was really good. I was always. Um, it's not because you had a crush or something no, like that. No, I wasn't trying to escape nobody. Yeah. Or I wasn't trying to like you know escape the work or anything like that. Yeah. But um, you know, it was really tough because I would go. 
I would go into the nurse, the you know, the nurse's was office, right? Mm-hmm. Nurse's office, and she would tell me, Eric, you don't have anything. Like, there's nothing. Like, you don't. Did she call you out? Yeah, I mean, she would tell me, Eric, you keep on coming in. Like, you're not sick. Um, your temperature's fine. Your doctor says you're fine. So what's going on? And what I find myself doing is, I was always, I would always, um, there would be times where I'll go to, I'll go to school. My mom would drive me up, and you know, I'm just fearing. I just have nausea. I'm nervous. There are certain. There are certain situations that will trigger this anxiety. So again, there are when I was a when I was a kid growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is like <laughs> man, this is detail right here. Yeah. Um, again, this is vulnerability. I hope that listeners are empathetic to this. But growing up, I had this experience that I laugh at now. Um, I had a nanny. You know, my, my both my parents worked uh, mm-hmm. full time at that point. I had, a, I had a nanny from zero to about roughly eight to ten years old. And in that household, they would, I don't want to use the word bully, but I don't, for lack of a better, lack of better terms, I'm going to use bully. They would kind of like, they would make these, bleh, these, um, these nauseating faces. And oh, they would make fun of you. Or was it just that, like... They would try to trigger it because they knew I was very prone to nausea. And I would actually vomit when I was little. It doesn't happen to me now, thank goodness, but... What? Yeah, so they would, like... They would be, like... They would make the gagging faces, and uh. it would work. Crazy. It would work. And, no and I don't know way. why. And this is this is one of my first memories. And um, I was that annoying little kid that would just vomit everywhere. And I, I don't think I've ever told Carlos. Yeah, that. no, I'm like, <laughs> I don't ever think wait, I don't ever tell anybody that. But you know, I laugh about it now. I think it's funny. But uh, my my therapist, uh, she she thinks that that's a uh, you know, it's like a, a starter point for sure. You know, it's and after that, they would I would I would be afraid to eat around people because I didn't want to vomit in front of nobody. That's and crazy because when we used to skate, I remember that Eric wouldn't want to eat around us. Yeah, no I way. Had that problem sometimes. Too. Yeah. That, and it's crazy that you bring that up now because, I mean, we're talking about 14, 15 years ago. Dude, and I see, like, him saying that, how that would contribute to his social anxiety. It's like now you're limited because you don't want your friends to think of you or some type yeah. of way. Like, what the heck is wrong with this guy, you know? But Yeah. It, it, yeah, for sure. It's, it's yeah. a little limiting. So, uh, so keep us, I mean, I'm, like, blown away. If you can right. just continue sharing us with a little bit of how all that continued leading up. So I suspect, I speculate that that was... Um, that was a defining moment in my childhood because, you know, as we know, when we're kids, our brains are developing and, you know, anything that happens between zero and five years old, it really, it chills, it chills us in our brain, whatever our reality are, whatever our reality is. Or who we are us. to become. Right. So I think that followed me up and, you know, I would feel it was weird because it was, it was a strange cycle. It would come and go. So, you know, third grade, all of third grade, it was just, you know, a lot of nausea. That was, that was my main battle. Nausea, nausea, nausea. It was hard to eat. On rainy days, I feared them. Feared. Wait, I feared why? rainy days. I cried. I didn't want to go to school because <laughs> it's just so crazy to talk about. Um, on rainy days, if you guys remember in elementary school, you can't, if you want, if I wanted to, I can't space out myself out you're in a locked environment you're in a you're in you're in, you're oh because you classroom. can't go out to recess you, and play right. or lunch yeah like if i felt some type of way if i felt uh you know nauseous for any reason i can't just isolate myself you're stuck with people wow. so it was a battle every time all of elementary school for rainy days i don't know if you guys remember remember yeah, when yeah, they used yeah. to like you know they used to have us indoors obviously because it was raining right? yeah but 
that was a battle. My memory isn't that good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, and that's why I think that those um those memories are so important because again, these are some of my first memories, and wow. I have a terrible memory as well. But I could remember those um. Should well, I call it traumatic? Maybe yeah, bit, yeah. Right? You know, I mean, for you, for you, I mean, it's, I think right? traumas are very subjective, right? Like, right. well, I, I might not look at it as traumatic, but for you, that's something that. Like you still hold it till this day. Yeah, and 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 like you said earlier, like uh, those earlier years are crucial to a child's development, and for you to like have experienced these things, to be thinking that in third grade, like, oh, I'm not gonna like hang out with these people. I'm not gonna eat lunch or eat anything in front of these people because they're gonna like, dude. Imagine like you can see the difference between a healthy child. Like they're not living with that care. And then somebody who's experiencing these thoughts on a regular basis, it's like that makes sense. And that makes sense why you would struggle with social anxiety. Right. Yeah. So so that was school. I mean, did that go throughout your whole kind of school years in elementary school, middle school, high school or Yeah, how did how did that affect you? Um it it followed Again, it follows till today, this moment. <laughs> it's not that bad, you know. It's it's not. Um, I have a new battle. <laughs> if it's not one, it's you know, it's another. Yeah, <laughs> but I have a new battle. Amen. You know, it's, it's crazy, man. But I really wish I, I really, I really wish I knew why. Um, if it's not one thing, it's another. You know what? Like, I and again, we're not therapists, yeah. right. but like, if these things aren't like you know resolved. resolved they can evolve yeah dude, that's a that is and that's probably what happened that's i mean from right from nausea to whatever he's been going through now but uh before we kind of dive into that um so it followed you through uh middle school and high school and i went to high school with you for right. like a year and right. i don't i mean I, I obviously wasn't that involved right um just a quick note the the first time that i saw eric <laughs> we're skating <laughs> And he had longer hair back then, huh? No, at that point he didn't have hair. No? He was he was a little kid. When like, did he get dreads? Uh that was he was what, seventeen? I was eighteen years old, yeah. Yeah. Eighteen to twenty one. I yeah. think that's when no. I, I think a little bit after I met you. Okay. I met Eric when he was eleven or twelve. Literally twelve. Yeah. I want to Okay, say bro, it's not he's a 12. competition. No, I but met I'm him just, too. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So when I met him, he was like this puny, scrawny yes. little kid. Those and guns. he was he was no like now he's he's thick compared to what he was <laughs> bro he's um, in shape you're thick <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was uh riding down the the sidewalk and we had already kind of developed like our little um like community of skaters for sure your and, gang yeah my, my little skating <laughs> gang little click. and then i saw him and i'm like why is what was what was your skater pack name we had a name right we yeah, had it was a name. 27th street Right. Yeah. It was just our little block. So I see him, I see him walk, uh, skating down and I was just like, he kind of reminds me of like this guy that my sister had a crush on. His name was Sergio. So I was just like, you know what? Hey, Sergio, Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I or not? remember that. That's great. And then, and then he turns around that. and he's just like, what? How do you still and I was like, Sergio, come here. Did he say hi? Yeah, he yeah. said he said hi. And Carl's very bold. He'll he'll stop anybody. Yeah, and and it wasn't until afterwards that I, I went up and then I uh, asked his, um, you know, we we kind of like talked. We saw each other around every so often, and then I was just like, hey, uh, do you mind? I, I went up to his his mom and I asked, hey, do you mind if he kind of goes to skate with us? And she, oh, you went up to his mom. Yeah, yeah. No, he needed permission because I, I think was he was he was kept like 
right in front of his house and he uh-huh. would skate to the store go back but he wasn't allowed to go kind of like further than that so his house well, you guys did live on 27th street yeah, in well, la yeah south central Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah so yeah, south of the 10th freeway yeah but that's just a little tidbit <laughs> in the, how we met right. um so yeah so so you growing up I, I met you at 12 and that was that's middle school and like i said i don't know exactly how high school played out for you and how that kind of was there any effects or or not effects but did everything that you were going through in elementary school manifest itself through middle school and high school and affect the way that you kind of engage with other students for sure that's an excellent question um the strangest thing about this um this nauseating anxiety is that it was um it was sporadic like it would come third grade boom third grade Fourth grade, a little stagnant, okay, not that bad. Fifth grade, again, for whatever reason. There's probably some triggers, but I I, I really can't uh, pin them down. Middle school, same thing. I remember sixth grade. It was a little tough for a few months. And then uh, something happens that my mind kind of like, it starts brushing it off by itself. It's always done that throughout my entire life. I have moments that could last from six months to a year to maybe more than that, wow. where it's just very difficult. It's just a battle every day. I say, I wake up and I'm like, damn, I hope I don't feel nauseous today. I don't. I hope I don't have stomach pains today, whatever the case may be. So it did, it followed me up even up to, um, up to college. And, you know, uh, your second part of your question, you're asking, you know, how did it, did it inhibit any, um, you know, social engagement? Right. Or, yeah. For sure. And it still does. And it, again, like, this is a battle that unfortunately many of us go through, but it's, again, it's just a very, for me at least, I'll speak for myself, it's a very limiting thing because there are scenarios where I would be way too nervous to be stuck in. It feels like I'll, I'll be stuck in without any escape to isolate, cool down, let me breathe a little bit, let me think about something else. There are, there are scenarios where it's a little, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of them. Yeah. Can, would you be willing to share like an example okay. of what that would look like or <laughs> yeah. for sure so um you know man like and it's funny because i i look i look back into my life and i really wish i didn't have this problem that way i could be more social wow. but there are things like um can i share one go for it yeah just i'm just meanwhile you can kind of like sure. get your get your gather your thoughts mm-hmm. so there was a time where i was looking for someone to go co- go work at the office uh at my company and I, I said, hey, Eric, like, I need someone to help me move boxes and do stuff like that. And his response to me was, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to because my, my, um, my stomach's been hurting. Wow. And, and so I said. And this is with employment. This is with employment. So the fact that he felt like he wouldn't be able to um, work effectively or efficiently because he his might stomach have pains. stomach pains. Right was limiting in his in his lifestyle and that's that's something that as a friend i've seen that he you know he's he's battled with that and i mean i don't know if there's anything else that you that you've gathered up at this point that's um that story of my life right there but you know that's again so if i could pinpoint i have two or three battles that i could pinpoint that anxiety kind of is um correlated with i would say it's nausea this is this is way personal but i would say it's nausea it's uh, some type of like stomach pain that I get. So it's a stinging pain in my in my lower abdomen. Sometimes on my right side, sometimes on my left. Intense pain from zero to ten. I would rank it. Um, it could go up to like a six or seven. 
Wow. Where I'm, where I'm absolutely immobile. I'm, I'm No way. Uh, maybe vegetables are a little too exaggerated, but to a point where it's just, it's just too painful. So, you know, there's it's, no laughing. There's nothing. Because you know, I'm using my, you know, your core is so important. Your core, you laugh, you cough, you... Is it almost like, um, and I'm only saying this because I'm, I'm a female. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it, on, like is it almost like cramps? Because like cramps? you know, like uh, some some women in their time of month, right. they do get cramps to the extent where they're immobile. Yeah, would I've, it be I've, like some type of cramping there, or is it just like a sharp pain where somebody is like just it's like stabbing you? Yeah, it's a it's a stabbing sensation. It's uh it's it's really strange, but I, I've this um this past year year and a half i've never gone to the doctor as much as i have but i've gone to gastroenterologists left and right i've done every test possible i've done um endoscopies a lot of information as well endoscopy colonoscopy Define i've done every oscopy <laughs> endoscopy endoscopy is through your throat uh, colonoscopy is obviously through the colon. Side, yeah and where uh, did you go bro I went to Berkeley. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm only asking yeah. because I went to fit him. <laughs> yeah, but so so you Look got at that face he made. He's like, okay. Fit him's prestigious, bro. <laughs> so you went to Eric went to UCLA. No, no, no. I was, um, I'm just not familiar. No, but but you went to so so you did uh, endoscopy. You did colonoscopy. You what else? I've done uh, um, uh, you know, X-rays. I've done uh, ultrasound. Ultrasounds. Ultrasound. What else have I done? Wait, um, back it up for for me just really quick. Um, what at what point or what made you realize like, hey, I need to go see a doctor? Like, what what prones you to be like, oh shoot, like I'm because you said from third grade right. to like now when you're going to the doctor, like what yes. made you realize like this isn't normal? Like I need to go see a doctor. Because it evolved, it right. evolved, right? It went from like nausea to now you have like stomach it did evolve, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it did evolve into this. You know what though, guys? I have to I have to clarify this. Um, again, these are two separate battles. Mm-hmm. So in my cycles of anxiety, I sometimes have this nausea battle, and then sometimes I have this stomach pain battle. Where it's exactly how Carlos ha- explained it. He said that, damn, what if I go to work today and and you know I get the pain and and then I can't move and then these people look at me like, what is this, is this guy crazy or? Mm-hmm. then those 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 thoughts start coming in right so i've had both of them since i was a kid and and also oh, stomach pain isn't new i thought no, no, i was under the impression that it was probably like but in 2018 the stomach pains were just way too constant way too painful and it was it was um i was i was in school i was in my final um quarter at school uh you know at ucla and mm-hmm. um it was i left the hardest quarter last which was a that was pretty dumb of me. And it was just intense. <laughs> there was a lot going on that year. So um, that year was that year was crazy. So you added a lot of pressure on yourself. For sure. And that was when that was that moment where I said, no, dude, I can't just I can't do what I've been doing for the rest of my life. And just I'll go to the doctor once. The doctor will tell me what he thinks it is. Or he sometimes tell me it's nothing crazy enough. And I said, the no. doctors, yeah, they the doctor. would say like, oh, well. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. Nothing, nothing right here. I'm looking at your your X-ray. You ain't got nothing. Um, there's times where they have um, suggested it's like a constipation, but then you know, I use the bathroom pretty regularly, and I always have. So I I kind of I rule that out myself. But I mean, I'm not a doctor, right? But yeah, you know, um, at that point, I, and again, 2018 it was was when it was just too constant, 
was painful and it would get in the way of even going to school because I, I would fear what if i get to paint today and i can't even walk out of the campus because campus is huge right yeah and there was a moment where i had to be wheelchaired out no way so you manifested these thoughts in your head and then those manifestations like became your reality and that's where the psycho that term psychosomatic comes in because your anxiety manifests itself your stress manifests itself into your body and, and it, it creates tangible physical pains that, wow. that don't have, you know, they don't have an explanation because till this day, guys, till this day, uh, I still don't have an explanation for the, um, for the, um, uh, the, the, the stomach pains, pains the stinging yeah. pain, right? The nausea stuff. I mean, I, I explained my, my childhood trauma. So, you know, that might be an indicator. Maybe I just have a, you know, strong, some people don't gag. You get me? Yeah. We have, there's a, I don't want to call it a spectrum, but people are just, different there's a lot of variety but there's people that don't gag at all i gag like it's nothing like just you know yeah. just kind of if i feel nervous I'll it's g- like an easy trigger for you right and the, the cool thing is though if, i mean i don't know if any, any of the listen, listeners could um relate to this but if i'm like you know just like amped up and nervous or even excited no well, not excited right but just nervous i feel this nausea i'll go to the restroom i'll gag and i feel better just by gagging, but yeah. not actually. No, like, no, I, I won't throw up. Yeah, I, I won't. These days, I won't throw up. It's very rare. Like it's, it's strange if I throw up. Wait, I won't throw up. wait. So your trigger even just became a comfort at some point. Is just like Whoa. knowing that you would <laughs> yeah, like. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because it's it's almost like you you go to your trigger <laughs> just to kind of like relieve <laughs> just it. Just like third eye open <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. That's that's pretty much it though. Yeah, people. That's crazy. That so at what point? At what point did it become this thing where you're just like, dude, like these physical things are a mental thing? Because I, I don't know if you knew that growing up and going through everything, but there must have been something that at some point you said, dude, like, this is this is it. And or maybe like as a last resort, because like you've gone to the doctors, you've gone to seek medical help. Right. But for your body, but for your Nothing's lining up. It's not lining up. For your right? mind. Yeah. 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 So at, at what point did did someone put the pieces together and say hey no this is actually like a mental thing people around me started um taking note like damn this guy's nauseous all the time or this guy's too afraid of these stomach pains eric you think about it too much maybe it's just in your head that's i've heard that all my life maybe it's just in your head maybe it's just Bro. in your head so then i you know then i kind of look back and i say you know what these doctors are not telling me anything and i see a lot of doctors these doctors are not telling me anything so damn it maybe it is in my head and i and i hate I, and it's look the reason why that's a scary thought is because let's say it's something tangible and explainable and treatable. Okay, Eric, you have like diverticulitis. You have some Crohn's Come disease. Diverticulitis is like when... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain Explain it to yeah. a third grader. I'm, I'm going to explain this <laughs> poorly. I might even be wrong about this, I, and I apologize for that. But And it's funny because I have the, the image in my head. But divert- diverticulitis is when your intestine, your it could be your large intestine or your small intestine, when it starts getting creating like these bubbles, you know, you start these gas like, bubbles. I'm, I'm not sure if I could call it a gas bubble, but you know, the the meat of the, yeah, <laughs> the meat uh-huh. of the intestine will start. <laughs> it will start bubbling out, and it'll deform, and that's it. Pretty much becomes swollen. That little part becomes swollen. You could almost think of it as a cyst. So oh. I'm like researching, trying to like. You know, yeah, figure, figure out what I have. Yeah. Bro, you were web and Dean. <laughs> yeah, dude. Mayo Clinic the whole way. Dude. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what happened then? Honestly, at some point, <laughs> if you're struggling with stuff like this, don't become your own doctor. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't Mayo Clinic. 
don't let it be. I've done that. I've done that too much where I'm just like, shoot, I'm having a heart attack. And, and TB, TBH is like the first initial instinct that you have, right? It's like, what what does Google have to say about yeah. this? You know, you know what, though? Like, um, that came out of desperation, though. You know, oh, yeah. it's, wow. it's just like this, like, man, these doctors are not telling me nothing. I, I told you guys all the tests I did. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and that, that's that's where that came out of. Like, maybe it's the reticulitis. Maybe it's Crohn's disease. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. It's just not getting answers. Oh, but anyway, the, um, I found my track of thought. The scary thing about it being your mind is when is it going to end? If it's something physical, I say, okay, Eric, you have diverticulitis. Um, here's this pill. Here's this, this treatment. treatment yeah. Here's, or a here's surgery. surgery. Here's yeah. a surgery, right? How do you tackle when it's a um, when it's something kind of just ambiguous like that? It's yeah. ambiguous. It's in your mind, and that's scary. That's a scary thing. Yeah, it's crazy when it's not something physical. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's, it's not tangible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary. It's scary for. I I prefer something to be tangible. Be, tangible because then I know how do I treat it. How do I um you know how do I tackle this problem? So it, yeah, it's, yeah. No, and it's great. It, it's it's great that you bring that up because even like. To, to the listener, therapy, we, we like promoting it because it is a helpful resource. But sometimes it's, a, it's like you're going to need medication. And if it's not medication, then, you know, there's other, there's other ways that doctors can help out. But sometimes talk therapy isn't gonna isn't gonna like get you through the whole of it if right. if it's clinical. Yeah, I if think I think that in itself is a stigma because when you when you talk about like I like what Eric said. He said that um, if it was something physical that a doctor could prescribe me some type of medicine mm-hmm. and I could like be done with it, um, that in itself is a stigma. Whereas like you know like when we talk about therapy, mm-hmm. like it's it's he's right. It's something that is like there's there's no type of like where your mind goes to it's okay (laughs) where your mind goes to like oh shoot okay so then i i have to do this and this and this yeah you have to first go to a therapist and see where your mind is at or like if it's like and how they can walk you to where you want it to be yes and then like if there's a next step to medication yeah but like in, in most cases, like like you said, it's it's sometimes like you want it, and sometimes it's just yeah. like scary it, to think about. Which oh. is kind of what I, what I shared, right? Like I think in in episode two, I said like I fought for my life. No, it was episode one. I said like I legit fought for my life, and I had to do that by going to therapy, changing my mindset, and then coming back and being like, okay, like I'm not going crazy. I don't want to kill myself. Like I'm I'm good. Fighting for that stuff. Those are the steps that I took to to therapy. There's times that my anxiety, because it continues to linger, I'm thinking, well, maybe I need medication at this point. Like if therapy hasn't been the end all be all for what I'm doing, it's improved me, but it's, it hasn't like got me through where you want to be. Exactly. So is medication my answer? And then that's where I need to continue going to therapy now and like a new therapist to figure out what those next steps are. And even like something else that Eric said is like, he was desperate. Yeah. And I think a lot of us find ourselves to that point where of desperation where it's just like I need something quick. Yeah. But I think we often forget to be uh, gracious with ourselves in the process of healing because uh, like like this world has taught us like you can get um, instant gratification. Yes. Yeah. And 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 when it comes to your mental health, you're talking about years of unspiraling your brain and your thoughts. You 100%. said from third grade and now, you know, like 
what yeah. you're 27 and, and and you're just beginning that that uh that journey right, right of right. like discovering okay this is what's happening yeah. this is how i can like yeah. and it's, help it's, with this it's a good point because it's like if you're not patient with yourself you're not like you're not going to be kind to yourself you're not going to be kind to yourself if you don't see that improvement happening right away yeah and and sometimes it takes a day two days three days a week a month a year two years three you know like yeah it, it, it might not it might or maybe never for end. life yeah and and at that point it's just it it's like you want to live a life that's like it's good and you need those resources but right. yeah dude like thank you for sharing that that's that's crazy um so then what was like what what happened after that after what sorry so we were talking about you kind of going the stomach pains right. you go get all the all the help possible mm-hmm. um people are telling you it's probably just did, in the did mind. you find a therapist or how did that process go yeah so that's a um uh, it might be a separate story but um uh in 2016 i took a trip to cancun mm-hmm. with um our mutual friend mine, mine and carl's mutual friend um, our friend richard and his family mm-hmm. uh, this is a uh, 27th block as well kids that we grew up with skateboarding we went to cancun and i don't know how it went down like this but in cancun again cancun is paradise right it's a beautiful place so it's in a place that everyone has to go visit it's amazing uh but i don't know what happened maybe it was some type of like separation anxiety that i had with my family i usually i tend right right i have this thing where and this has solidified even worse now that i'm an adult but i have this thing where it's hard for me to be around people that I'm not comfortable with. So, and that's, see, that's strange to say because Richard is like one of my closest friends still and has always been. And I'm with his family and it was cool, but. You were just at his house yesterday. And sh- yeah, by the way, yeah, happy, birthday, Richard. happy birthday, Richard. <laughs> happy <laughs> yeah, birthday. Today's his birthday. Yeah, today's his birthday. <laughs> yeah. And but, you know his family. Right, for sure. I mean, that that's my family pretty much, you know, but Aww. I don't know what happened, but I, I was, that was my first time being really far from home. I'm talking like thousands of miles away from home, right? So. There was one day that I drank a heavy coffee. After that day, that trip was very difficult. Again, it was a beautiful trip. I love everything I did. A lot of new things in life that, I, you know, that I've never tried, like freaking um, swimming in the underground river and zip lining in the freaking jungle and <laughs> seeing the most blue water I've ever seen in my life. Um, again, you know, beautiful things that I saw. Bluer than South Central, bro? <laughs> Essentials are probably brown. <laughs> but um, in that trip, I had a, a deep, one of the worst anxieties I've ever had in my life, worst um, scenarios where I couldn't be in a bus because it goes back to what I was telling you guys, how there's that enclosed environment where if you feel some, if I, if I feel nauseous, there's no way to, there's no way to escape. There's, there's a, no there's a phobia, claustrophobia. Yeah, okay. But, uh, you know. but for you, it's when you're with people, right? Not if you're right. by yourself. Right, because something that gets in my head a lot is the, the possible judgment and embarrassment that comes with it. So those uh. two those two is, is those two make anxiety, they probably exacerbate it. It's just a lot worse because you are... Define exacerbate. Exacerbate, like it just makes, it makes it worse. Yeah. You know, um, you're already anxious. You're already scared of what if I feel nauseous or what if my stomach hurts, right? Then there's it a like third, multiplies it. Right. It multiplies it. Then it's like, damn it. Like, what do these people think? What, what's wrong with this guy? You get me like they're looking at me like, damn, this guy's crazy or what? You know, or even and interfering is, with the trip. This is all going in your head, right? And and it's, it becomes a war. 
it becomes sorry a war. Carlos always like to, <laughs> he likes to correct me on that pronunciation. <laughs> that war, it's a war, right? It becomes it really becomes a battle in my head because and that turns into a, a spiral. That's very difficult. I'm sure maybe listeners could um, relate to that. But then you have a battle. Something in your head says, "Damn it, Eric, I'm scared right now." Like, dude, what if this happens right now? And then the other side says, "No, Eric, chill, bro, chill." It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So then that conflict creates this war zone in your head and it just becomes difficult. And then I'm breathing hard and it's, <laughs> crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. You know, but that trip had a lot of that. Um, wow. I was there for a week and, and for like maybe like three, four days, it was just insane. And after that, that was the defining moment where I said, Eric, something is not right with you. You need to go seek help. Wow. I, yeah. And then what did like what was your experience like in looking for something and being able to find somebody like how did you go about that? Um, I was in uh, what was that? I was in um, that was in 2016, right? So I, I was just about to start UCLA. university of of a start UCLA, and I said, man, I can't go to UCLA like this. Like I'm I'm too like I'm just too f- afraid. I'm too. And then you dormed up. the first year, right? Right, right. Yeah. So wow. I had to start. I had to look for um. Uh, you know, help. I had to look for um, therapy, and I got it through Kaiser because the UCLA. university, right? The university gives um the healthcare. Uh-huh. So I did that, and I also was prescribed. I went. I saw a psychiatrist, and I was prescribed something called Zoloft, and it's a, I believe it's a anti-anxiety, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anti-depression, anti-anxiety. Yeah. I did that for six months, and the process of that is you have to kind of, you got to go into it slowly, you know. Little, do- you know, one pill, which is, I can't remember, maybe like 25 milligrams. I'm not sure. Yeah, they, they um, something like that, right? They increase it gradually right, and then gradually. they start kind of uh, tapering it off slowly exactly. by the end of it. So I did that. And, you know, it's funny because when people ask me, Eric, did that help you? Did the Zoloft help you? It's so weird because I don't know if I, like I told you guys, in my cycles, I sometimes just kind of just slowly brush it off. My, my own mind starts brushing it off. So I'm not sure if. My mind brushed it off, or it was the uh, the medication. Medication, strange. Whoa. So that's a weird experience with that. That's why I'm. Again, this is just me. This is just me. I don't. Do you feel like at at, at some extent your body became, um, what's the word dependent on it? Not at all, because that medication is designed so that you're not. So it's not. Um, instant like like uh xanax would be xanax mm. xanax is like um, it instantly numbs you and right so you don't have that with zoloft zoloft it's just you probably don't feel anything for the first two what for the first two weeks first two months but then in the end it's not it's not a tangible feeling it's one of those medications where in my in my in my experience i never felt some type of highness or different or altered state of consciousness whereas with xanax you do yeah. so it's a it's Xanax is again, guys. I'm not, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist, right? We're not a psychiatrist, but Xanax is is can be a little tricky because if you're gonna try Xanax, it can be addicting. Yeah, it can be. This one. Yeah, I, I know that right. you know when when they start recommending things, they recommend stuff that are that are supposed to not get you too dependent on it because mm-hmm. you know that eventually um, these these can be addicting, and that's why they gradually build you up to it so that your mind doesn't feel the effect so instant and boom in your face. Right. And then they start weighting you off of it. And so when it starts getting tapered off, then the dependency on it is kind of, it's, it's a seamless like integration in your body mm-hmm. and seamlessly just gets removed, removed as well. Um, 
so you you saw a psychiatrist through through obviously university right um and then what was that experience like with them um it was again that was my first time seeking yeah. help that was my first time having a one-on-one therapy with someone with a health professional and it was it was good you know it i learned some stuff i honestly i mean it's been like five years so i can't really remember exactly what i learned but i will say that because i'm doing therapy now and i've matured and i have an agenda and something that would happen to me before this is this is a tip actually if, if anyone wants to if anyone's already going to therapy or wants to go to therapy what what happens or what you think about or what you feel during the week that you don't see your therapist you should write that write that stuff down because mm. something that happened to me well this is this is just me right but i would show up to therapy and say hey, how was this week you know what was your trouble this week and i would blank out i don't know why i do it but i would blank out so what i started doing is i wanted to be more productive with the therapy with the therapy intentional with the, with your wow. therapy for sure too. for sure yeah. so um you know, I wanted the, I wanted the, the results. I wanted, I just wanted to feel better. I wanted to be at a, at a better mental state. So I started writing down whatever I was thinking about, whatever I was depressed. No, I don't want to see. I don't want to use depressed, but whatever, whatever I was really sad about, whatever I was very anxious about or scared of, I had to write it down. That way, I could bring it up and talk about it during therapy, and that has helped me a lot. Wow, and that's a really that's good something tip. that you were doing that you're doing now, but you weren't doing before. I was not, and yeah. <laughs> if anything, my um, uh, this this was someone at Kaiser. She was she was really cool. Um, she went to UCLA as well. So what I found, what I started doing was kind of talking about UCLA. How was your, you know, how was your experience? And I would I would just be too friendly, dude. I, Get to I, I know her. Start doing that, right? It's like I I do that too much, but uh, I kind of start getting a little too friendly. So I, I I would go off tangent, right? And this time it's like. You know, when I show up to therapy, I'll say, how how are you doing? Get me, and maybe I'll tell her about some some cool uh, podcast episode that I that I saw, or some music, something, or something that I learned, something kind of relevant. And then you know, just go straight into it. Hey, so you know, this week I was having a battle with this, and some this happened to me, and that. So I really want to be more productive going forward with therapy. Intentional, right? More yeah. intentional. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, can you share some of the things because? At what point did they diagnose the, um, and just because I know this, like I know that you've dealt, dealt with like panic, panic disorder for, for a good time. You've dealt with the, obviously you got diagnosed with the psychosomatic disorder. So at what point did that happen in, in, you know, your therapy journey and meeting psychiatrists and stuff? Yeah. So in 2016, um, they saw that I would explain to the, I can't remember if it was to the, to the psychiatrist or to the therapist but i was explaining how again this was the worst anxiety i've had in my entire life up to date like that was 2016 was crazy after that cancun trip that i mentioned um i couldn't be in front of people i just couldn't it, i just couldn't it was crazy that was the craziest anxiety i've ever felt in my life because i i really could not be in, in any social setting i remember going to um santa monica promenade I was walking the streets, right? I can't remember what street that is. I was walking the streets. When I would peek into the promenade, the actual promenade where the stores where, are at. Yeah, where everyone's walking right, through. So it's like this middle passage. Everyone walks through. All the stores are right there. It's a middle passage. When I would peek into there, I would inch in. I would go like one store deep, come right out. 
because I was just way too afraid to be in front of people. I was way too nauseous at the time. And this was in any setting. I just couldn't be in front of people. It was very difficult. Um, and that's when, they, you know, she mentioned agoraphobia, which is agoraphobia. If, I hope I'm, right, I'm correct about that. But agoraphobia is when, you know, a phobia of being, I think, in social settings. Could be wrong about that. Maybe Carlos will fact check me on that. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they diagnosed that. Fact checker. Please. Yeah, I got a yeah. Fact <laughs> it's a yeah, it's an anxiety disorder characterized by symptoms of anxiety in situations where the person perceives their environment to be unsafe. For sure. So I wow. thankfully that was that was just that year. I haven't really um, dealt with that too much, but uh, yeah, you know, just general anxiety. I think general anxiety was. I apologize because I can't remember exactly what diagnosis they had jotted down for me, but you know, general anxiety is for sure. Social anxiety for sure. Yeah. Do Do you feel like? Um Going to therapy or getting advice from your therapist, has that helped? Have have you been able to implement some of these like tactics that they've given you in your now day to day life? For sure. Um right after graduating UCLA, I started um therapy at UCLA. That was my first time doing it. So twenty sixteen was at Kaiser Permanente. They mm-hmm. have they have like their mental mental health facilities. And then twenty eighteen, after graduation, so around June, I started real quick that I had like one month left of uh, the university healthcare. So health, sorry. Yeah. Health insurance. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I did group therapy there and there something, I learned something new, which was mindfulness. No one ever talked to me about mindfulness. No one, we did a, we would do a group therapy. So it was several people with anxiety or depression and mindfulness is mindfulness for me has been very difficult. It's so key though. It, it's so important because, they would explain how if you are stuck in something that happened before, mm-hmm. that's where that depression comes. You're stuck on something that happened to you already in the past. Whoa. You're like, damn, like, I don't know, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. You're, 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 your mind is stuck in the past. When you're anxious, you're thinking ahead. Damn, I hope nothing and weird happens. And it hasn't happens. happened. I hope nothing weird happens at the, at the podcast, right, or yeah. something. <laughs> so you're thinking ahead. It's it hasn't just happened. us. Yeah. We're weird. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so so nothing, nothing has happened yet, right? But when you're mindful, you're in the moment, with mm. that, which is where we always should be. Yeah. We always got to be in the moment. I'm, like, proud of you because I had no idea. Dude. And Funny enough, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, like, realize <laughs> what you've gone through, right? You've gone through all of these obstacles, mental, physical, and and who else who else knows, you know, only yourself and your own story. And you were able to graduate from UCLA. Like that in mm-hmm. itself is such a great accomplishment. Like one hundred percent. We're proud of you. And and for coming here today and vocalizing like your truths and and your um you know, your experience with with what you're going through and your experience with therapy like i know like people will benefit from your story right and um something i have to put out there is i don't know where i saw or read this but anxiety let's not make it let's not make living impossible it's gonna make it a little difficult but let's just not make it impossible you know there's moments where for example that cancun trip that was amazing i also went to uh Argentina in 2017, the summer of 2017, I was I was afraid as well, and that was on the other side of the world, right? I was there for almost two months. I was afraid of doing that, and 
I suffered. I even suffered there. I suffered there, and it was I was same thing though. It was again the nauseous stuff. I'm like, damn. So then, so now my pressure was nauseous in another country. Like I don't want to feel that, right? And these people are gonna be like, damn, this kid is weird. In the end, I still did it. It didn't mm-hmm. stop me. It just it made it difficult, but I still did it. So you know, I have to encourage everyone that that goes through something similar to still do it. If you gotta walk out, take a breath or try to isolate yourself cool down or do something you know some type of coping uh method that that's going to cool you down again do it but still do that thing that you want to do if you want to go talk uh you know public speaking if you want to do a podcast for the first time if you want to play music in front of five thousand people for the first time like (laughs) do it it's going to be difficult but do it do it yeah i think i love that yeah with that it's just like because it's exposure therapy like that's essentially what you've been doing you know um (laughs) You do it once, you do it twice, you do it three times. And before you know it, it's just like that anxious thought of, of, you know, associating one thing with another doesn't, you, you, you start becoming more at ease with the situations. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we can kind of like start landing the plane here. Uh, what are, (laughs) so what are, that's a train, um, bro. (laughs) Wait, wrong button. (laughs) Jenny's joke. <laughs> no, but uh, what are what are some things that you are looking forward to with um, with therapy or next steps? Yeah, next steps for you. So, man, you guys are making me spill a lot of beans. <laughs> I like um, beans. <laughs> My um, dog's named Pinto Bean. Again, guys, just you know, absolute transparency and and vulnerability here. Um, I've been in a rut. For the past, how many years? Like, I've been in a rut for the past three years. I haven't necessarily made any goals in this time. And that's, I feel very ashamed saying that. But again, um, mm. this I feel like this show really promotes transparency. transparency and vulnerability. I've been in a little rut. I've been doing stuff, but I don't feel like um, it's just top level. But, you know, to answer your question, going forward... Well, I finally made a goal. And that goal, before anything else, before working on the career, before working on music, before anything else, I really have this goal in mind to change my mentality. And why Mm -hmm. do I say that? I mean, what about your mentality, Eric? I have to start off with, I have to say that there's not enough I can. Those words are not around my headspace enough. I need to start saying that a lot more often because... I mean, we all can, right? And I think a a great example of this is um I, I think a J. Cole. You know, J. Cole just he just dropped a new album, right? And it's like it's hot. This guy's one of the best in the game right now. He's been for the past decade, right? This guy said he's this guy probably told himself, I can, I can be that top rapper in the industry. I can, I can, I can. Then he says, Let me just drop this album real quick. But let me let me um let me focus on basketball. I can become a professional basketball player at 36 years old. He says I can. If he were if he didn't have those words in his mind, he he wouldn't be able to be top rapper or a basketball player at 36 years old. Well, that's true. You have to tell yourself I can. And I have to and that's again, that's a goal that I have. I really need to reshape and reprogram my mind to saying I can, I can, I can because in my mind, I don't say it enough. And again, this is again spilling all the beans. Jenny, she likes she likes uh, pinto. She likes beans, like pinto. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that's a, a goal going forward. And uh, another goal, another goal is I just got this book called uh, "Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life," and it's um wow. cognitive behavior behavioral therapy, right? Uh-huh. By um, who? By Stephen Hayes. Yeah, I was um, I was looking into it. It's like uh, you said it's a workbook. It's a workbook, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's very much kind of like for us that was like a journal, the anti anxiety mm-hmm. notebook. Right. This is kind of a workbook that walks you through just different scenarios and sure. um, and you'd have to like respond to them and right. write about yeah. what you'd feel, right? Right. Exactly. And you know, um, my goal is to because this. I mean, it's a workbook. They call it a workbook for a reason, right? It, it does take work. And it's hard, guys. Like, you know, trying to get your, your your mind at a better state is difficult because I find myself having a hard time wanting to sit down and meditate for three minutes because I'm a, I'm a, how could I say? I'm just busybody. Like I'm a busybody. I'm always like, you know, jittery and doing stuff and playing with this and playing with that. I'm just moving around all the time. So it's kind of difficult for me to just sit down and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, just gotta do nothing, yeah. like bro, chill. Yeah. But the reality is that you are doing something. You're right. pausing for sure. Yeah, yeah. which uh-huh. is and it's crazy because no one. I don't think that anyone ever really stops to think about how important that is to just pause. A hundred percent. Yeah, because That's, dude, we don't do that enough. Our yeah. brains are constantly moving, constantly. especially at night, even yeah. when we think that we're not. You know. Yeah. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, I mean, I, I know that you brought up like cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, you brought up positive affirmations that you kind of want to continue right. practicing. Guided and, meditation is really cool too. Yeah, guided meditations, and these are a lot of them are trick tips. You mm-hmm. know, like obviously, cognitive behavioral therapy is a type of therapy that I one hundred percent, ten out of ten recommend. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, trying that out, and then positive affirmations are a really good kind of technique that you can start off in your day. You get me instead of thinking, man, am I going to have like stomach pains today? You can change that to say, I will have a great day and my stomach is not going to hurt. Right. Because just yeah. the, just the mindset of just switching those words around. It's just learning how to love yourself, you yeah. know, and like you're not become, starting off with a negative thought. Yeah. Become right. your your own best supporter. Yeah. yeah. The mind is a scary thing. Like, it, yeah. well, it could be a really beautiful thing. Or it could be scary. Like if you really have this mentality where it's just, you know, I, I can, I can, I can or all this fear, it. it unfortunately the mind works against you but if you find a way to just reprogram it you know and a lot of yeah and a lot of the times it could be your environmental factors that like you know help or yeah (laughs) for the lack of a better word not help (laughs) yeah the people around you the settings yeah Yeah, that's 100 percent um but Eric, thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there any like parting words that you have for the listener or anything last minute that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to say, you know, to the listener, you're not, I mean, we probably say this a lot, right? But you're not alone. And if you, if you feel that you go through something similar or if you feel like you want to get help, but maybe there's a stigma around, you know, maybe your family, your friends say, nah, why do you want to do that? Go do it. Go do it because I promise you every every single person has a battle. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I'm seeing. Like every mm-hmm. person has a battle. Be it, be it whatever it may be. Maybe it doesn't even, maybe it's not even that crazy. Maybe, maybe, you know, your anxiety level is not that bad. It's not that inhibiting. But still, like you have to, you know, just go do yourself a favor and 
you know, seek a, a seek help from a professional. Talking to friends is great. That's great. I'm, I mean, I'm for it. I don't really do it though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm for it though. You know, do it because you know your friends are are your mirrors. I always call them friends your mirrors. They 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 see you objectively. They see all your habits, your good habits, your bad habits. They'll help you out. But imagine the help that a professional can do. Someone that yeah. is trained, certified, licensed to do, to help you out, pretty much. So yeah. please go get that. Go get that help. And and again, I want to reiterate. Anxiety makes things more difficult, but not impossible. So if there's something that you want to do, go do it. Go do it. Go play in front of that a crowd. Go, I don't know, go jump off that building. Go jump off that Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I'm talking like, you know, um, I was talking like parkour or like uh, ah, yes. free diving. <laughs> yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Clarification. <laughs> Clarification. Right I love that we're ending with that. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification, guys. Clarification. But yeah, yeah if there's something that you, you know, you want to do, do that podcast, yeah. do that YouTube channel, do that Instagram channel. Learn, you know, get on, get on that skateboard. <laughs> Go do it. Jenny's dying over here. <laughs> yeah, you can see. You gotta yeah. be careful with your I'm words. Crying. <laughs> oh my god. Jenny was like, wait, 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 wait. We whoa, started whoa, whoa. off. We tried, we tried. Break. <laughs> yeah, no. no we're uh, keeping that on there. <laughs> yeah, keep it on. It's it's great stuff. You guys, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, no, thank you so much for sharing, Jenny. It's and been fun, huh? It's been fun. Thank you so much, Eric. We're really proud of you, dude. Like, I love that you're advocating even after saying all of your struggles, that you're still advocating, hey, if you have anxiety, you can still live. Go do it. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I need a part two, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and with that, we'd like to say just a friendly reminder that you are loved, you're cared for, and there is a purpose for you being here. Yep. Thank you so, so much Thank for tuning in. And uh, hearing Eric's story and for tuning into every episode that you've tuned into. Um, yes, yeah. thank We you. really enjoy having these conversations. If you have any feedback, make sure you uh, DM us. Send us a message uh, at the Unfed Ones on Instagram. Uh, we're trying to become a little more active on Twitter uh, where we'll probably, I want to send you guys some positive affirmations. So Jenny and I will work on giving you guys a, a great start of your day. Also, give us feedback on our actual podcast. Like I know Apple Podcast has reviews. Mm -hmm. So we do read those guys. Yeah. Please, please let us know how yeah. we're doing and how we can improve. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in and you guys have a good one. Bye. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or a loved one, or would like emotional support, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit them at www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org.